Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime podcast. I'm Ashwarya, your host for this episode, and I'm Aryan. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Patreon and subscribe to support the podcast. Help the podcast out and avail amazing benefits. And to do that, go to www.patreon.com/desicrime and select a tier that works best for you. We'd also like to thank our newest patrons, Ashwarya Gupta, Smriti Vidappa, Divya Kanteti, and Tushar Arya. Thank you so much for any contributions you make in helping run this podcast. Over the last decade, India has been home to a slew of unexpected, scandalous, and devastating suicides with sinister backstories. These suicides, those of Jia Khan, Pratusha Banerjee, Sushant Singh Rajput, Tunisha Sharma, and more. weren't just stories of people who gave up on their lives they were stories of crime corruption power politics and our country's criminal underbelly that led these young people to death today we're covering one such case a suicide that shook the country 11 years ago this is the case of gitika sharma and gopal goyal kanda We're back to one of those cases where Ashwara goes, "Aran, you obviously know about this case, right?" And I go, "Unfortunately, <laughs> Ashwara, regardless of being a true crime podcast, this one podcaster, I'm really, really I surprised about. Maybe, <laughs> maybe as the case proceeds, I will, it will, yeah, I'll recollect memories of it. Maybe sure. I've heard of it, but right, right of the name, Gitika Sharma, Gopal Goelkanda, they do not ring a bell. But abetment to suicide." uh is something that i do have thoughts on having run this true crime podcast for a while <laughs> and yeah. just thinking it is philosophically such a dilemma for anybody to grapple with because on one hand you can just be a jerk and on the other hand you can be a murderer on one hand you can be a Absolutely. friend on the other hand a murderer the, there's such a fine line between when you push somebody to commit suicide and whether you had a role in it whether you're criminally responsible for somebody's suicide because at the end of the day a suicide is committed because of something and if that something turns out to be you according to other people you're in a very very precarious position you're screwed you're yeah screwed. no i agree and i think that's the that's the subjectivity of this the topic that's the nature of it which makes it such murky waters for us to discuss and jurisdictions across the world to discuss and this case a lot of it and the defense of the defendant rests on trying to make arguments on this line mm-hmm. of where is that line of abetment to suicide and so are a lot of other cases we've discussed like sushant singh rajput Now Aran this is a case that made ground breaking headlines in India 11 years ago so while it's a little surprising you don't know of it 11 years All ago right, none of us were watching now, TV and hooked now. to our news channels <laughs> but Aran this case made headlines again 6 months after it first happened and now again a week ago in 2023 So to find out why this case made the headlines it did and why we're seeing it all over the news again, let's go back 11 years to the year 2012 to the city of New Delhi. 
to a humble apartment in a northwest delhi housing society where a 55 year old father named dinesh sharma is about to walk in on his daughter gitika sharma's dead body when he found her hanging from a ceiling fan in their ashok vihar home on august 5th dinesh sharma his wife anuradha sharma and their younger son ankit sharma's lives were all turned upside down their beautiful hard working caring loving 23 year old daughter and sister was no more why would she do this from the outside her life seemed perfect gitika hadn't left her family without answers to those questions though answers that came in the form of not one but two suicide notes that gitika wrote and left right next to her body but before we talk about what gitika wrote in those two letters who led her to kill herself and whether or not she ever got justice let's backtrack and talk about who gitika was let's talk about her life the way she lived it gitika her parents's only daughter and first child was born in 1989 Her dad Dinesh Sharma ran and even today runs a packaging unit and her mother had retired as an accountant in the finance ministry. 2 years after Gitika's birth, her brother Ankit was born. They were a small family deeply loving and caring towards each other. They were each other's rock, each other's confidant. And Gitika was the shining star among them with aspirations of touching the stars. Even though she was a student at Delhi University's Daulat Ram College in 2006, Gitika began working at a small low cost domestic airline based in Gurugram called Murli Dhar Lakh Ram or MDLR airline as an air hostess never heard of We're this we're getting airline. to it we're getting to what this airline is in just a moment but aran according to an article in the hindu nupur mehta who had interviewed gitika for the mdlr job in 2006 says quote she always wanted to be an efficient worker and there was never any complaint against her work ethic She passed the Directorate General of Civil Aviation exam for cabin crew without a problem. End quote. In fact, some reports like Aaj Tak claim that when Gitika went to interview at the airline, the owner of the airline, a man named Gopal Goyal Kanda, was watching her interview from a different room using CCTV cameras. And even though Gitika was a few months younger than the age the company was ready to hire, the owner, Gopal Goyal Kanda, liked Gitika so much from her CCTV interview that he asked her to be hired immediately, despite her being a little too young for the job. You know, before we speculate the obvious reasons why he might have done so, mm-hmm. Shara, airlines mm-hmm. that we have heard of, you know, Kingfisher, SpiceJet, <laughs> Emirates, Delta, Lufthansa. I mean, these names stand out to you. And then you have, <laughs> oh, even Indian airlines uh, like Air Indigo India, and Indigo. Vistara, yeah, Air India, and there, yeah, in the MDLR. midst of oh, Kingfisher, mm. in the midst of all these. really classy you know marketing savvy search engine optimization savvy <laughs> names you have murli dhar lakh ram airlines how does that work who who is their marketing person how does that ever it work it works aran all you need is the money to buy a couple of aircraft carriers okay, okay. somehow you can make this happen uh-huh we're getting to it i promise we're getting to the airline shindig right, in just right. a minute right now let's focus on how weird this is on gopal oh, kanda's insistence Gitika was hired and offered a substantial initial pay package yeah. but despite working at the small rather unknown airline like Aran points out her aspirations continued to stay sky high her brother Ankit said quote Gitika had dreamt of working outside India 
we were always ready to support her emotionally, financially and mentally." End quote. At this airline also though, Gitika quickly rose from being just a trainee when she first joined to becoming a coordinator of the MDLR Airlines group by 2008, the year she also graduated from university. Everyone in the company noticed Gitika's quick rise in the company. She rather quickly rose from being a regular cabin crew member to a sought after air hostess and senior cabin crew member within the company. She quickly rose from being a regular employee to the director of one of Gopal Kanda's other subsidiary wow. companies. The Times of India also reveals that Gitika's salary doubled, Arana kid you not, doubled within 16 months of joining the company. In fact, eventually when Kanda's airline shut down, big surprise, <laughs> Gitika automatically got a spot managing Kanda's MDLR group of hotels in Goa, where she was made in charge of a casino owned by Kanda called Mint. I'm sure the airline shutdown had nothing to do with the inability of passengers to pronounce the name. or recollect the name of the airline which which <laughs> gate do i have to go to uh, i have this xl yeah anyway and this is this is no shade on indian sounding names no. like vistara is a fantastic name but i'm sure vistara's like, owner yeah, it's, like, it's like me it's like vistara if vistara's owner was aryan shankar misra them naming their airline aryan shankar misra airlines that, that's i know not i know practical, it's good even though i love I my just, name my indian name aryan is just said in the making of this episode and the writing of the script i've said murli dhar lakh ram so many times <laughs> that it's not so abnormal to me anymore <laughs> but i totally see where you're coming from but again Yet again, moving away from the name of the airline and coming back to Gitika's situation, there's obviously a possibility that Gitika was an exceptional employee, and I'm sure she deserved a lot of the progress that came her way. But let's call a spade a spade. Your salary doubling in a 16-month span, yeah. or you being hired prematurely based on someone viewing your CCTV interview, is rare, incredibly rare, and unprofessional, and reeks of ulterior motives on Kanda's behalf. But at this point, we'll have to backtrack a little once again to discuss who Gopal Goyal Kanda is. Who is this man who owns a small-time airline you've probably never heard of? Who is this 43-year-old man with a wife and children who seems to have gone a little crazy after a young 23-year-old Gitika? On the face of it, Gopal Kanda is a man who exemplified India. He grew up in a small albeit well-to-do family in small town Sirsa Haryana. He was born in 1965 to a father Murli Dhar Lakanda or MDLR if you realize who was a lawyer. India today claims his ancestors were traders with the surname Kanda referring to the weights that traders used. Mm. Growing up he lived in a small house above a shop that his parents owned but Kanda yearned for more. He had received his grade 12 certificate from the Cambridge Assessment International Education which is a subsidiary of the University of Cambridge and offers grade 12 certificates to multiple schools in India. Using this certification and his education Kanda went on to first open a small radio repair shop called Jupiter Music Home in his hometown Sirsa then open a shoe factory. A villager from Sirsa who knew Kanda came forward to tell India today. Quote, when his shoe manufacturing business flopped, he was left with huge debts. So did his second venture in the form of a shoe showroom. It came to a point where he would ask people for a petty amount like rupees 100, end quote. Eventually, Kanda was kicked out by his parents and hated by creditors, which led to him moving to Gurugram in 1998 and buying small plots of land and then selling them for a profit. 
for what it's worth ashwara it was gurgaon back in 1998 so i think the citizens of delhi and cr would rather you call it that yeah i think that's more time appropriate, time appropriate. to call this no other gurgaon, reason not that i, I have a preference i, I don't have a such preference. a huge effort to call it gurugram after being used to gurgaon yeah. so i think i'm going to stick to gurugram <laughs> In fact, Aryan, none of the wealth he made doing any of his initial ventures even came close to the wealth he was about to make through real estate in mm. Gurugram. The Gurugram you know today was land waiting to boom in the late 1990s and Kanda capitalized on that. Soon he owned stakes in hotels and casinos and car dealerships, all of which gave him profits enough to buy himself a few airlines and begin his own airline named after his father, MDLR. India today says, quote, Slowly, Kanda rose to become a major player in the Haryana real estate business. As his empire grew, he attracted the attention of politicians and gangsters. End quote. But this is where Kanda goes from sounding like a middle-class, maybe upper-middle-class man who exemplified India to sounding like a man who was always on the top. Mm. I say always on the top because Kanda and his family always had ties to influential politicians. For example, when Kanda lived in Sirsa, he and his family had long-lasting ties to politician Om Prakash Chautala. Mm. Now, I don't know if you all remember or not, but Om Prakash Chautala is a recurring character in our <laughs> podcast. He last made an appearance in the heartbreaking case of Ruchika Girhotra. Ruchika's harasser was promoted and rewarded under the leadership of the Chautala government. That is the kind of man that Kanda had ties to. In fact, just 10 years into his booming business, Kanda had already come to be associated with Haryana's most wanted, with the Delhi police once intercepting his car, which had four wanted criminals sitting inside. In 2007, the Home Ministry even asked the Haryana government to conduct an inquiry into Kanda's activities. Despite his behavior and maybe because of this behavior and because of these connections, Kanda even went on to climb the political ladder becoming the minister of state for home in the congress led wow. haryana government in 2009 he didn't even win willy nilayaran he won by a landslide winning by a margin of 6521 votes against his nearest competitor hmm. by this time kanda had huge real estate holdings all over north india which led to a lavish and debaucherous lifestyle In Sirsa, he established his own palace-like home on a 13-acre plot, which housed huge statues of Lord Shiva and an eye hospital. But in that same home, he would host parties like nobody's business. According to India Today, locals say they had never seen the kind of parties Kanda threw at his palatial home. Quote, buses full of women employees and air hostesses who worked for his airlines came to his place for these parties. End quote. All of this brings us right to the time Gitika crossed Kanda's path. By the time Gitika did cross his path, he was a well-known face, not just in the Delhi NCR business circles, but also in the parliamentary political circles. Everyone knew his name. Now there are reports that suggest there was a romantic relationship between Kanda and Gitika, at least in the beginning of her career. From every account, Kanda sounds smitten with Gitika. Mm. And to corroborate that there are other reports that suggest Kanda had been giving Gitika expensive cars although Gitika's brother for example claims that the cars never actually reached Gitika but reports claim he would offer her expensive vacations and even promise to pay for her further education outside India Now when you say Shwara that there was a romantic relationship between them do you mean a sexual relationship or a romantic relationship No I do mean a sexual relationship that went hand in hand with perhaps a romantic relationship right. this is all complete speculation Okay 
Yeah, the only reason I'm pointing that out is because one is more transactional than the other and might change how one views absolutely. this case. Yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, Aram, that sexual relationship angle is what brings us to this next piece of evidence. Credible outlets claim that Gitika had gone to a health clinic in March of 2012, just a few months before her death, to terminate a pregnancy. The doctor who conducted the abortion, Dr. Vishaka Munjal, even testified in court. In fact, even Gitika's postmodern report suggests that there was a very strong possibility that she had engaged in sexual intercourse on August 3rd of 2012, just two days before she killed herself. Obviously, the abortion and sexual intercourse don't prove she was involved with Kanda necessarily, and it could either mean there was another man in her life, or the more likely one that she was raped by Kanda. But no report mentions either a different man in her life and nor does anything in my research conclusively prove evidence for her being raped. So we can only join dots here without making concrete assumptions. Now, all of this information is directly contradicted by claims made by Kanda's wife. And yes, Kanda had a wife and he had children the entire time he pursued Gitik. Of course he did, Ashura. He was a noble Indian politician trying to uplift everybody's lives and a sanskari image of what an Indian citizen should be. Of course. Agreed. Absolutely. Kanda's wife Aran, a woman named Saraswati Kanda, has claimed her husband treated Gitika like his own daughter. Although if a random man 20 years older than you treats you like his own daughter <laughs> from the very day yep. he saw your CCTV interview, please be suspicious. Nobody is your father other than your actual I father. I think he got the memo wrong while learning managerial classes. It's not the CCTV <laughs> you look at, it's the CV. I think you put in the two T's. <laughs> I think you messed yeah, that up. Yeah, I think you messed bit. that up. Absolutely. Aran Saraswati Kanda, like I mentioned, also had three children with Gopal, a son and two daughters, and has staunchly claimed her husband and Gitika had no extramarital relationship. To prove her point, she points to stupid ancillary things, like the fact that Gitika's own mother had told her that when Gitika gets married, Gopal Kanda would be the one to perform the roles of the maternal uncle or the mama. Okay, but despite all of this information, I'm sure you're wondering, what went wrong? Even if Kanda was a cheat, even if he was a criminal, even if he was older than her by 20-some years, he clearly seemed to like her. It doesn't seem like he even hurt her. So what went wrong? How did we go from all this wealth being showered on Gitika to Gitika killing herself in August of 2012? Let's get to that. You see, when Gitika first started working with Kanda, his business was booming and the airlines was doing well, which is important because Gitika wanted to work as an air hostess and travel the world. But like I mentioned previously, by November of 2009, MDLR Airlines shut down and was acquired by Emirates. Now, that's a good name for an airline. Absolutely. Take tips from Emirates, you guys. And while Gitika was moved to run operations for Kanda in his Goa properties, she still wanted to work for an airline. And because of her ambitions, she was then offered a job by Emirates itself. Gitika getting a job from Emirates seems amazing to all of us. It's an aspirational airline. To work for it or travel in it is a status symbol in itself. But knowing that Kanda had ties to Emirates, having sold his own air carriers to them, made matters worse. This is where Kanda's harassment of Gitika began, or at least where reports think it began. The fact that Gitika had left her work with Kanda, some suggest, came as a personal blow to him. Countless email exchanges between Emirates and Kanda show how he wrote to the company, telling them of Gitika's questionable character and loose morals, urging them to fire her. The emails also told the company how Gitika had borrowed money from MDLR in the form of a loan, but hadn't paid it back. 
he made her sound like a poor employee, a bad worker and a woman with a less than promising future. Kanda's pressure on Emirates to fire Gitika combined with Kanda's pressure on Gitika to have her rejoin his company led to Gitika being fired by Emirates shortly after she was hired. This led Gitika right back into Kanda's business right under his watch and control. This is not very daughter-like treatment in my opinion. No, not at all. Yeah. One of our shri father you have to be to treat your yeah, daughter like that. Yeah. Not that they aren't out there, but <laughs> Absolutely. Reports also suggest that the aim of all of this pressure wasn't just professional but also personal with Kanda harassing Gitika and preventing her employment anywhere else so he could coerce her into sexual encounters with him. In fact, Kanda wasn't the only employee coercing Gitika. He had other employees do the same as well, with the biggest accomplice being Kanda's right-hand woman, so to say, Aruna Chadda. By the time 2010 rolled around, Gitika had filed complaints against Kanda and had her own lawyers working to help her out of this mess. Ashwarya, and what extent was uh, Aruna Chadda coercing Gitika? We're getting to all of that, Ada, and we're getting to exactly what both of these people did to coerce Gitika. All right. So the harassment was of all kinds. Gitika being fired, her parents being called and harassed, her being asked to return money she didn't actually take or was given to her as a scholarship fund. She claimed all of this was being done by Kanda and his accomplices. And again just to sort of do a little housekeeping, the motive here for coercing her by Kanda and the other folks of his company are a to keep her right. as an employee in Kanda's Goa business. and presumably Correct. because Kanda wants to continue the sexual relationship slash romantic relationship absolutely Correct. And Aran, what Kanda's behavior reminds me of is very quintessential behavior we've seen and heard from men in countless desi crime cases, which is this inability to accept rejection. This uh, rejection being taken as very, very personal, even though it need not be that personal, even though the act of someone falling out of love can be seen as normal and part of one's life. Yet, not just cases we've covered, but Indian cases in general or South Asian cases in general have this kind of through line. Right. There, there is sometimes this this uh, bias towards looking for an objective reason, right? Like sexual motivation Correct. is a it's a it's an objective reason, right? It's a primal urge, but we. we forget that ego especially in men is such a big driving factor for so many of our decisions um in life our motivations stem from you know you make all the fun about male ego that you want to but it is a thing that exists and you know i am equally <laughs> yeah. a victim to it right. but that is perhaps one of the things attributing to his coercion Exactly and I think he's gone from being completely unhealthily obsessed with this woman to being unhealthily obsessed in a different kind mm. of way where he just can't fathom the idea of her moving on and him having invested so much in her yet she looking for employment elsewhere looking for perhaps other prospects in men whatever mm. and so I think all of this is kind of at the heart of what is going on here although we're all just obviously speculating In her complaint she claims to be forced into accepting quote illegal and lustful wishes of Kanda This complaint that Gitika filed with the police in Goa also mentioned a woman named Ankita Singh with whom Kanda was having an extramarital affair and with whom he also fathered a child. Once Gitika filed this complaint the harassment ramped up. Aruna Chadda would routinely call Gitika's parents or show up at their home making allegations about Gitika's character and hurling slurs at her family members. 
they would threaten Gitika's mother to resign from her post at the Sunday Educational Society and even threaten Gitika's brother Ankit's ability to gain admission into a college in India. Even Kanda would call Gitika's parents hurling slurs at them and threatening them to get Gitika to withdraw her complaint and work at MDLR without issues. Kanda even gained access to Gitika's work email and began forging emails wow. in her name and made Gitika use a forged no objection certificate when Gitika first left MDLR to work for Emirates and he even threatened to file an FIR against Gitika and her family members in Gurugram which deeply scared Gitika she knew such bad publicity such early in her career would ruin oh, her course. future job prospects and her credibility she already had a poor shaky image now with the emirates situation and emirates is a leading airline, airline with yeah. fast connections leading airline exactly and this this behavior and these allegations and these threats by kanda were certainly not going to help ashura here's just an observation might be redundant but i thought it was worth pointing out to our listeners which is um filing an fir where you are acknowledging that you were being forced into sexual favors is something that in 2006 let alone 2023 haryana or up mm-hmm. would be unfathomable and so that she did it in goa is perhaps you know because of the cultural differences in goa being a more liberal um, culture is that at play at all because i can't even fathom that such a complaint would ever be filed by a woman in gurugram or gurgaon or in up because of the st- the abject fear they would have of the police if anything harassing them yeah. or negating their concern no completely agreed aryan i think um i think why goa was chosen to be the place to file the fir or file the complaint was jurisdictional in yeah, nature yeah. as a decision but i think what you're saying gets to the heart of again not to repeat myself but at a lot of cases we've covered we just covered the ajmer rape case where the fact that these women were being made to give in to these sexual favors went on to become a way for everyone to harass yeah, them politicians yeah. policemen news reporters everyone alike and so that is the nature of the society we live in or used to be at least the nature of society we live in where i completely agree up and haryana notorious parts of this country cannot fathom a woman taking this kind of step in these parts especially considering kanda's political connections and the amount of wealth he owns yeah and people people from so, yeah. those cities don't hate because that's where we've spent the most time of our life like gurgaon spent oh, 8 I'm years from UP, i'm from up right. as well so exactly. it's not us you know we are bashing our own kind here yeah yeah we are absolutely Now Aran while we don't have the exact words written by Gitika in her complaint that she filed in Goa we do have what the police wrote in the charge sheet that they filed against Kanda hmm. That charge sheet says quote by doing all of this all of the harassment by the way that I've just lined up and more Gopal Kanda created an atmosphere of suspicion and distrust around Gitika in which she was not able to hold her head high and face her colleagues and friends In such circumstances she was naturally depressed as she had to resign from her jobs to save her dignity and avoid further embarrassment in the eyes of her colleagues and friends end quote In the same charge sheet the police accused Kanda and Aruna Chadda of quote harassing conspiring intimidating and creating an atmosphere of terror and continuous pursuit end quote because of which Gitika quote found no option but to end her life end quote 
In fact, this charge sheet also claims that when Gitika got pregnant, the decision to get her child aborted wasn't hers. It was a decision she was forced into making by mm. Aruna Chadha because of Kanda's pressure. Quote, these acts of both accused persons tantamount to provocation and instigation of Gitika to end her life. End quote. This charge sheet, Aryan, cites 65 prosecution witnesses. 65 witnesses, including Gitika's family and the gynecologist who terminated her pregnancy in March, all of whom testify to the kind of mm. torment and abuse Gitika was being made to face. It was because of this abuse that lasted three years that on the 5th of August 2012, out of fear for her own life and the life of her family, Gitika hung herself from the ceiling fan in her parents' Delhi home when her father found her. Aran, could you please read out what her first and second suicide notes read? Sure. Um, quote, I am ending myself today because I am shattered inside. My trust has been broken and I am being cheated. Two people responsible for my death are Aruna Chadda and Gopal Goel Kanda. Both of them have broken my trust and misused me for their own benefit. They have ruined my life and now they are trying to sabotage my family members. My family is very innocent. Aruna and Gopal are liars, cheaters and crooks. They can hurt and ruin anyone for their own purpose. These two should be punished for their wrong deeds and malicious intentions. They have made my life abnormal. I love my mom, dad and bhai, Gitika Sharma. End quote. Before I get to the second letter, Ashwara, this is the first sentence. I am ending myself today. Uh, I know. Stabs so, straight through so my heart. So sad. And you guys, this isn't even the full suicide note. And even the second one Aryan's going to read isn't the full suicide note. For those of you that want to read the full ones, go over to our Instagram at Desi Crime and read those there because we couldn't put the whole thing here. But you guys should really read it. It's just gut-wrenching. Her second suicide letter reads, quote, Gopal Goyal is a fraud. He always keeps his bad intentions towards girls. He is a man of no shame and no guilt. He always takes advantage of others. He has illegal relations with a woman named Ankita Singh and a girl child with her also. Still, he keeps hitting on girls. In the name of relationships, trust in God, he cheats people and harasses them. He lies to his family, kids, people around and everyone. Now this time, Aruna is also helping him to hurt me, harass me and sabotage my family. My biggest mistake was I trusted him, which is now costing my life. I will never, ever forgive him. I hate them. These two. End quote. A handwriting analyst analyzed Gitika's letters, Aryan, and deduced from the slant, drops and curves in her words that she showed signs of depression and isolation. No way. And that analysis is so incredible and so in-depth. Like a part of it talks about how every time Gitika uses a personal pronoun, her letters tilt a little to the left away from all of the other letters, which shows the isolation that a person feels, which they then represent in oh personal God, pronouns. I know, it's incredible. In fact, the sudden changes in pen pressure that are analysed, they're analysed to be sudden changes in surges of emotions that she must have felt while writing the letter, wow. which translated into how hard she was gripping the pen or how lightly she was gripping the Pen. This is proper linguistic forensics backed by science, right? Absolutely. Incredible. Absolutely. That's and incredible. obviously, there are still people who think it's not as 
deep as people make it out to be like your handwriting right, right, <laughs> don't take it right. that seriously um and it's not incredibly admissible in court it's not terribly sought after mm. as a way of proving anything in courts as well so think what you will of handwriting analysis but with or without it these letters are still tragic Absolutely. and heartbreaking ensued from these letters and kitika's death a long legal battle that was rigged in kanda's favor from the start with the delhi police not even visiting kanda to question him for 5 days after kitika died In fact Kanda was interviewed in those 5 days by a news channel and the reporter <laughs> oh asked him God. what he'd do if the police came after him I'm right here in my home they can come if they want to was his response but the police didn't come for 5 days when they did finally show up at his Delhi home he was surprise oh. surprise missing Wait wasn't he there waiting for them But just wait Aryan just wait All for right. this he wasn't missing for long Okay The police soon got a letter from Kanda saying he would come and surrender himself to the police station on the upcoming Monday. So naturally, as Monday rolled around, police readied their backup and news vans and stood outside the police station waiting for Kanda to make an appearance. One of these news vans belonged to Kanda's own bought-out news channel. Please tell me it wasn't named MDLR News. <laughs> wasn't <laughs> thankfully not thankfully it was more original than okay. that but aryan believe it or not as the news vans waited for kanda to arrive the doors of his own news vans oh opened and God, he walked out of it like a villain in a movie of his own making everything kanda had done from talking about sitting at home waiting for the police to disappearing and sending the police a letter to emerging from his own news van waiting outside the police station kanda had been taunting the police and the public with a subtle show of his power and influence he considered himself untouchable but the police were ready and geared up to arrest him and they did on charges 306 for abetment of suicide 506 for criminal intimidation 201 for destruction of evidence 120b for criminal conspiracy 466 for forgery and additional charges of rape and unnatural sex as well but even inside the courtroom kanda's power made an appearance right behind him gitika's brother ankit told the hindu quote in court kanda would be sitting where accused people are supposed to stand We'd remain standing near the judge while many in the courtroom would greet him with a namaste. Often Kanda's lawyers would move an application saying he had to visit London, the US or Nepal with his family or was on a holiday. He enjoyed the perks while we waited in line only for answers and justice." End quote. In fact, Aryan Gitika's father Dinesh and her brother Ankit were attacked outside the courthouse by Kanda's supporters. As the legal battle lingered on, Kanda was forced to resign from official political posts and his businesses began to dwindle and downsize. But in the midst of all of this, if the Sharma family hadn't lost enough, 6 months after Gitika's suicide, her mother Anuradha Sharma killed herself just like her daughter had. She tied herself to the same ceiling fan in the same room. in the same house leaving behind two suicide notes in the exact same place as her daughter had half a year ago both blaming kanda and chadra for ruining her family 
Her death was not only a blow to the family but also to Gitika's case with her mother being one of the case's prime witnesses. Ankit Gitika's brother vividly remembers the day his mother killed herself. Quote it was a regular Friday morning. Mom and I had plans to have lunch at my office in Horskars but she never came. She suddenly changed her mind. End quote. The family found her body that evening. My mother was the one keeping our family together. She was at the forefront of our fight for justice, Ankit said. A relative of the family, a man named Suresh Sharma, also came forward to say, "Quote, Anuradha had lost a lot of weight during the struggle. She wanted the press to keep a distance from their house because she was petrified of flashy TV headlines that cast aspersions on her daughter's character." Dinesh and Ankit went into a shell. It took the family 3 years to come to terms with these two deaths. both within a year everything in their ashok vihar home stood still end quote while the family reeled from these losses gopal kanda did go to prison but only for 17 months after which he was released from prison in 2014 on bail after the rape and unnatural sex charges against him were dropped despite the bail though the case against him continued but despite the case against him continuing Kanda did not stop a show of his power. Upon being released, he started his own small political party called HLP, but he lost the Sissa seat dramatically. Finally, after being on bail for the last 9 years, the judicial system spoke on the 25th of July 2023. Gopal Kanda and Aruna Chadha were acquitted by the court. They were both deemed not guilty. Quote, there was no evidence against me. This case was made against me. And today, the court has given its verdict, he told the Indian Express. With all of this chaos in the background, life for the two remaining members of the Sharma family has been destroyed and came to a standstill. An article in the Hindu states that in the years after both the deaths only immediate family relatives came and remained close with Ankit and Dinesh quote supporting them silently but dissuading them from pursuing the case end quote everyone feared for the safety of the two men with Kanda's men dropping by to intimidate the two Ankit even remembers an incident where inside an elevator the random man standing with him put his hand on Ankit's shoulder and said drop the case ankit was justifiably terrified now the two men rarely leave their homes alone only going out for work never truly feeling joy in their day to day lives in the hindu interview ankit talks about life before the tragedy quote the flashes of joy are only from the past when he remembers his father enjoying bollywood music taking them out to watch a movie the four of them eating from roadside thalas <laughs> Ankit says we don't go back to these places even leaving the house is an effort we try to get back some semblance emotionally changing the way the furniture was laid out so that everything we saw didn't remind us of them at multiple moments in this interview ankit recounts memories of gitika too quote geetu's bedsheet wouldn't have a crease she wouldn't eat on her bed Even today when I eat on my bed I hear her voice telling me not to spill anything. She liked her room filled with color and light. Photos, flowers, soft toys and pillows were everywhere. Now there's just sunlight that peeps through the broken windows. End quote. Around the family hasn't gotten these broken windows in Gitika's room fixed 
because it was from these cracks in the window that they had first seen her hanging body more than a decade ago. Ashwara to find out how a family has shattered after the crime, you know. So the, the the victims are of course the direct victims are of course the people that die or that are injured, but the indirect yeah. victims, the the harrowing circumstances in which the family lives still date alive somewhere in Delhi, somewhere in Ashok Bihar probably. Um I mean of yeah. course that is something uh, that is gut wrenching. But if i were to table that just for a second and it's really hard to do that to reel in any sense of objectivity but delve for a second into abetment to suicide i think why you know commenting on why they were acquitted and if they were acquitted on um fair grounds by the judiciary which i'm not aware of whether it was corrupt or not i i will assume it was done fairly and legally and there is a certain level of respect um one heeds to the yeah, indian judiciary of course. of course that comes with its uh, its own asterisks and terms and conditions but that said abetment to suicide requires the plaintiffs to prove a certain amount of objectivity so here's an analogy if if somebody is a victim of a gunshot right and you die of a gunshot well n right. number of people in that same situation as victim x would die as well but when it comes to abetment to suicide it is not necessary yeah. that the person inflicting the quote unquote torture or the coercion is necessarily leading to one's death because if in this case for example if it was somebody other than gitika there you can't with 100% certainty say they too would have committed suicide so the the plaintiff's job is to Absolutely. establish that more likely than not you know any normal sane individual would be pushed towards committing suicide and that's something again for the judiciary to decide and for you as individuals to come up with yourself i i'm not sure whether um this is a betment to suicide i uh, of course it will require me to look much deeply into the case but it's definitely harrowing torturous and debaucherous circumstances that these two people put her under I completely agree with you Aran and I think I want to put this out there for those of you that that agree that this doesn't sound like a betment to suicide is that a lot of that is a figment of how little information we as podcasters sometimes have available to us to produce these cases to me what this looked like was a corrupt man corrupt his entire life because of which a girl killed herself and then so did her mother which to me is a big deal and i think all of that came within the context of who kanda had always shown mm-hmm. himself to be available to the aid and help of biggest goons mm. in his state taking money from all sorts of political factions completely corrupt in the way that he ran his business always known to be a flirt always known to be cheating on his wife within that ambit is how i understand this case with the asterisk that we as podcasters sometimes have very little information for cases from the us we have complete court chart sheets yeah. and you know complete books and research papers written on cases here we have literally nothing so it's really hard to dig out specific details of what he did to gitika but what we have may not be the complete picture and let me add another asterisk which at desi crime we love to do only to say we're not saying or at least i'm not saying this is not a betment to suicide these are harrowing yeah. harrowing circumstances and he's clearly culpable 
for if not a bet murder suicide several other crimes all i'm saying is that Absolutely. at desi crime we have our family has listeners that are so um, interested in the philosophy and the legalities of these and so it is worth going over that these cases aren't black and white they can be brown too they can be muddled they can be gray <laughs> and it's worth um, seeing yeah. through the nuances absolutely and it's the nuances that make these cases worth talking about if we all knew who was right and who was wrong there'd be very little to talk about but mm-hmm. it is this that makes it interesting but aran we can debate who's the criminal all day long what we both know for certain is that who the living victim today is one of them being gitika's father who still has retained remnants of his daughter and his wife His cupboard is home to some of Gitika's toys, a book in which she wrote Om Sai Ram, a pen that she had next to her bed the day she died, and the hairpin she was wearing when she hung herself. "Quote, she is alive. She is with me," he says. It feels like the system has failed us. It only seems to suit the powerful. We have been intimidated for 11 years and despite having documented proof and electronic evidence, cell details, records of SMSs, phone calls and emails, we have lost the case to a powerful man. We're not really fighting for Gitika anymore. We're fighting for women who are helpless when such powerful people exploit them. Says Gitika's brother. This family Aran has been shattered and broken to shreds by a corrupt man. and their pain screams through any interview they give justice wouldn't have brought either gitika or anuradha back to life but justice would have offered a way forward for the two men living denying them justice will keep this family hostage in the memory of that one day on the 5th of august the day that destroyed their lives and shook the country Thank you.